You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Brandon Blewett. And I'm Dick Hager. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, October 2nd, 2023. Later in the program, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin provides a report on a perceived lack of transparency between the mayor's office and the city council. More in today's feature report. There are much better ways to manage leaves than raking them to the curbside. We encourage everyone to sign up on the website to give assistance or receive assistance. That's city employee Michael Large with a major change in leaf collection in Bloomington this year. Find out what your options are and how to get help later on in the show on a new episode of Activate. But first, your daily headlines. At the Bloomington City Council Committee of the Whole meeting on September 22nd, Mayor John Hamilton spoke about the 2024 budget. He shared comparisons to the 2023 budget and explained the changes that have taken place since the budget was first proposed. So 30 days ago, we began our detailed budget presentations, including with some context and history of our community's excellent position now. Tonight is the formal budget hearing on six ordinances. And for the public, we'll briefly outline key parts of the budget and particularly note changes since that August uh, presentation week. Uh, You'll also hear from Controller Underwood and Human Resource Director Pearson uh, to add uh, their comments, and the Cabinet are available as well tonight. Our Civil City 2024 budget proposal is just over $131 million, up about 1.4% from the 2023 budget. When we add the one-time appropriations of just over $19 million, combining the Federal American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, and local community revitalization and enhancement district, CREED, sources, we come to $151 million, up 16.4% from 2023. The total 2024 city budget, including utilities, transit, And Housing Authority is $229 million, a decrease of just under 1% from the current 2023 budget. When you add the ARPA Creed 19, that total is $248 million, up 7.6% from 2023. Council member Steve Volan asked why the administration didn't spend the Creed funds earlier. Hamilton responded that they regarded them as something to spend slowly and reserve for future projects. Next, Interim HR Director Emily Fields presented an ordinance to fix the salaries of appointed officers, non-union, and AFSCME employees for all the departments of the City of Bloomington and Monroe County. I'm here to present Ordinance 2325 that sets pay for appointed officers, non-union, and AFSCME employees for 2024. As a reminder, the administration has budgeted for a 5% increase to non-union civil city salaries, and those covered by the AFSCME agreement will also receive a 5% increase 
Rates for common law or temporary positions has, have also been adjusted due to the increase in the living wage hourly rate. Currently is $15.29 an hour and it'll go to $15.75 and $24 an hour. Um, as previously mentioned, a $10,000 increase has been budgeted for the city um, council administrator attorney in accordance with the city council's request. The ordinance also includes a $500 bonus for eligible employees. Uh, this ordinance increases the city's workforce by about the equivalent of 31 40-hour-per-week employees. Changes to 24 non-temporary or regular positions are reflected in this ordinance, along with several changes to temporary positions. Nine of those regular positions are considered repurposed. This means we change their pay grade and we change their title. Five of these positions received a pay grade change only, and about 10, or 10 actually, <laughs> positions received a title change only. Pay grades are determined by a point factor evaluation method. I request that when the time comes, you approve this ordinance, and I'm happy to answer your questions. There's a lot of details in the memo. I'm happy to expand on anything where you might need more details. Council member. Isabel Piedmont-Smith asked about the $500 bonus for employees included in the ordinance. Fields responded. Can you t tell me more about the $500 bonus for each employee that's covered under this ordinance? Where does that come from? What's the reasoning? This year we gave um, almost all employees a $1,000 bonus um, just as a, as a response to rising inflation, other pressures with um, retention, pay, different different economic pressures that are happening for our employees. And, and this year we wanted to sustain some of that, or I'm sorry, in 2024, we wanted to sustain some of that additional pay. The council unanimously voted to approve the ordinance. Piedmont Smith made a note to the public that the votes taken at the meeting were non-binding, but rather serve as recommendations to the council for their final vote on the budget. Um, just to clarify for the audience or anybody who may be listening, so the votes that we take tonight are not binding. They are just a recommendation to ourselves when we meet on October 11th uh, for the actual final vote. So just to clarify that. The City Council will take a final vote on the 2024 budget on October 11th. The next Bloomington City Council meeting will be held on October 4th. At the Bloomington Board of Park Commissioners meeting on September 26, Mayor John Hamilton spoke on behalf of Parks Director Paula McDevitt and her retirement. Our Parks Director Paula McDevitt uh, is retiring effective October 16th, right a little bit before your next meeting. And I wanted to take this occasion to comment publicly briefly about that and thank Paula directly here in front of you and in front of the public for her amazing public service. She has been a public servant, as you mentioned, for 35 years. I've worked with Paula directly for the last eight years as the director of Parks and Recreation. She is an extraordinary, exemplary public servant. Um, she has assembled a wonderful team, which has evolved in your, in your time. Uh, many of whom are here in the room. I won't start naming them, but she has been a terrific recruiter and leader, uh, a servant leader with them to, to continue the tradition of a fantastic department. She has initiated programs, sustained programs, of course, many, but also initiated programs like the Centerstone Partnership of Extraordinary Impact uh, and hiring the 
electrification of so much of your equipment, uh, the, uh, all the recreation work that you do and entertainment work and getting through a pandemic, uh, by the way, uh, and with, with increasing focus on climate response and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in, in wonderful and powerful ways. Paula is a planner, like Parks people are, organized, uh, developing the strategy, developing the long-range plans, which is so important as we can get swept up in individual events and decisions, and those are important, but also keeping the eye on that long-term ball. You've done an amazing job with that, Paula. Of course, uh, you've been a fantastic custodian and steward of our parks, uh, as, as you all see every day, a visionary, too, in the parks, and I, of course, will mention the uh, the legacy of Switchyard Park, which will always be yours, uh, and for the future generations, an extraordinary thing. And not many parks directors in the country get to be a gold medal winner, which you did. Uh, and I was there when it happened, and it was pretty exciting to be declared the best parks and recreation system in the country uh, of your size city. So, Paula, you have been an extraordinary leader. I couldn't be prouder of what you've done for the city, your impact. McDevitt said a few words herself and her time working with the Parks and Recreation staff. Thank you, Mayor Hamilton and Board of Park Commissioners, and to the staff gathered behind me. This is what makes what I'm very excited about retirement, but what makes it bittersweet um, to have served alongside the staff, staff who have retired, and um, just to lead an incredible group of, of people who are so dedicated to the work that they do and to, to take challenges, to take risks. We rise and we fall, we brainstorm, we get through things. And um, Mayor Hamilton mentioned the pandemic, and that's probably one of the most poignant parts of our history. And, and just to exemplify that is, you know, there's a lot of energy with parks and recreation and the work that we do. And during those days when the office was silent and that energy and that synergy was missing, um, really was hard. And to watch that come back and, and just move forward with what we do. We, we love what we do and, um, just can't thank you enough. I've had an incredible career and, um, proud of the work that we've done together and, um, can't thank you all enough for being, for being there and for, um, shepherding us through everything that we do. So thank you. I still have two and a half weeks. So, so, um, but leaving the every, they're in great hands and, um, great path forward. And I'm very excited to walk a trail as I've told them to walk a trail and not take a picture of a tree or a playground surface or something and send it in. Um, but just to be really proud because I know what has gone on behind the scenes and that's a really privileged place to have been for 35 years. So thank you all. The next Bloomington Board of Park Commissioners meeting will be held on October 24th. In today's feature report, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin provides a report on a perceived lack of transparency between the mayor's office and the city council. This comes from the B-Square Bulletin's Morning Bulletin. Dave Askins has more. The B-Square Bulletin sends out an emailed Morning Bulletin every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
You can sign up for the Morning Bulletin by visiting bsquarebulletin.com and clicking on the tab labeled Subscribe. Here is an entry from a recent edition. The headline to this item is, How Should the Mayor and City Council Communicate? My answer to that question is simple. They should exchange information in a way that is transparent to the public. No ifs, ands, or buts. That is not a view shared by the current edition of Bloomington City Council or Bloomington's current mayor, John Hamilton. For recent B-Square coverage on that topic, look for an article with the headline, Private Letter from Bloomington City Council to Mayor Influenced Proposed 2024 Budget. To get a copy of the private letter mentioned in the headline, I had to wait for a month after making a records request under Indiana's Access to Public Records Act. That article shows that the mayor wanted the council to communicate to him privately and how the council complied with that request. Another recent records request that I filed for the B-Square confirmed that private approach. The request turned up an email message sent on July 25, 2023 by City Council President Sue Scambaluri to other members of the council about a meeting between the so-called council leadership team and the administration. It is the council's officers, president, vice president, and parliamentarian who participate in these regular meetings with the mayor and his administration to discuss upcoming matters of importance. Over two and a half years ago, I sent an email message to the city council's attorney sketching out the legal argument that the council's leadership team is functionally a committee of the council as defined under Indiana's open door law. As a committee, the leadership team should be posting notice of its meetings and allowing the public to attend. Did the public miss anything important by not being allowed to attend the leadership team's meeting on July 25th of this year? Yes, several things. For example, according to Scambaluri's summary of the meeting, the administration revealed to the leadership team that it was planning to initiate legislation to prohibit all billboards in the city. When did the public get its first hint that anything like a billboard ban was in the works? Not until more than a month later, at the city's plan commission meeting on September 11th. For B-Square coverage of that, look for an article with a headline, Bloomington looks to ban billboards, even if outdoor ad firm wins current legal case, sign could be nixed. Starting in 2024, Bloomington will have a new mayor and five out of nine new council members. I hope they can find a way for the executive and legislative branches of local government to maintain clear and frequent communication with each other and to include the public in that loop. I have a concrete plan to help make that happen. More on that later. Until next week, this has been Dave Askins with the B-Square Bulletin for WFHB. The city of Bloomington will no longer be vacuuming leaves raked to the curb. Starting right now, residents must instead bag their leaves to find some other use for them. Starting right now, residents must instead bag their leaves or find some other use for them, like composting. If you need help raking and bagging leaves or figuring out what else you can do, a new volunteer program is connecting neighbors in need with volunteers ready to help. 
It's only available for a few weeks, so let's get the details in a new episode of Activate coming your way right now on WFHB Local News. Welcome to Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community, encouraging you to get involved, live your passion, and make a difference. Hey, I'm Dave Takid. I'm with the City of Bloomington. Hey, I'm Michael Large with the City of Bloomington. We're here to speak about Helping Hands volunteer platform that is to assist residents with their annual leaf collection. Previously, the city would collect leaves from the curbside annually uh, in the fall. So starting in the fall of 23, we are going to only collect leaves that are bagged at the curbside. We will no longer offer the curbside leaf vacuum assistance. We have come to learn that there are much better ways to manage leaves than raking them to the curbside. That includes mow mulching, composting in place, and raking leaves and placing them in bags for them to be collected at the curbside. Some of the things that we've been hearing from residents are a concern that there may be some folks who just physically can't rake their leaves into a compost pile or put them into bags. So there's a local company called Civic Champs, and they're a tech company that specialize in helping uh, nonprofits and volunteer organizations. And one of the products that they have is called Helping Hands, and it matches someone who has a need with someone who can fulfill that need. And we reached out to them to see if that might be a good fit for this group of folks who might not be able to physically rake their leaves into compost piles or bags or bins. So if you're someone who needs help, you can sign up. There are a number of different services, including raking. Or if you're a volunteer and you can give help, then you can also sign up on that platform. This is a great way for the community to uh, help one another out, to get to know your neighbor and to provide each other with substantial help that otherwise would not be appreciated or received. In order to sign up to either be a volunteer or to receive help from them, you go to helpinghands.civicchamps.com. It'll ask you for a couple of pieces of information and then we'll ultimately ask if you're someone who needs help or if someone who wants to give help and it'll guide you through the process. And there's also a human component to it then. So it's not just after you sign up on the platform, you're done. There's a human from Civic Champs who will reach out to you and make sure that you have all the information that you need to do the job or to receive the service. So just to reiterate, uh, there will be no curbside vacuum leafing this year in any of the neighborhoods throughout the city of Bloomington. We encourage everyone to reach out to Helping Hands and sign up on the website to give assistance or receive assistance. And just remind you that if you would like to have free leaf bags, they are available at all local fire stations. Once again, we encourage everyone to reach out to us directly if you have any questions. So the Helping Hands website is open now. It's available for you to sign up right now. But only through the end of November, at the um, just after Thanksgiving, then the Helping Hands website is no longer available. So getting and receiving help is really through the month of October and then uh, three quarters of the way through November. 
if you've noticed that vacuum leafing sign that's on the entrance or exits to your neighborhood, feel free to take a snapshot of that QR code that will link you directly to the city's website and will give you access to not only Civic Champs and Helping Hands, but also the leafing website that has all of its pertinent information. So if you want to get help or if you want to give help, then the URL to go to is helpinghands.civicchamps.com. And again, that address is helpinghands.civicchamps.com. Once again, my name is Michael Large with the City of Bloomington. And I'm Dave DeKid with the City of Bloomington. And we would like to thank you all for listening today and helping out each other and your neighbors. You've been listening to Activate, true stories from friends and neighbors who stand up for what they believe in. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community with production support from students in the media school at Indiana University. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area online at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. That's bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. Now it's time for Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We turn now to that segment. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. First, here is today's featured animal. This week's featured animal is Leo, a four-year-old Australian cattle dog with a feisty personality. Leo loves the outdoors along with activities such as hiking, swimming, visiting the dog park, and playing with other dogs. His natural instinct is to herd, so his current guardians believe his ideal forever home would be with someone who has experience with cattle dogs. Leo would do best in a home with other dogs and no children. Leo is curious about cats, but his current guardians are not sure how he would do around them. Leo has some anxiety and takes a while to warm up to strangers, but his current guardians describe him as a good boy. To learn more and inquire about meeting Leo, please visit his listing on the City of Bloomington Animal Care and Control website. If you're interested in adopting today's featured pet, you can learn more at our websites, goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. You're listening to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production of WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We now turn to this week's featured topic. The city of Bloomington oversees two dog parks, Ferguson and Switchyard. 
The goal with these dog parks is to foster safe areas where dogs are socialized to have good manners. Ferguson Dog Park is located at 4300 North Stone Mill Road on the north side of Bloomington near Lower Cascades Park and Griffey Lake. Switchyard Park is located on the city's south side along the Beeline Trail and the dog park is located in the southern area of Switchyard. Both parks feature two fenced areas one for use by large dogs, and one for small dogs. Being considerate of others helps make the dog parks enjoyable, healthy, and educational places for dogs and their owners. At Ferguson and Switchyard, dogs are required to be spayed or neutered, up to date on all vaccinations, and at least four months of age. The parks are unsupervised, and dog owners are responsible for the behavior and cleanup of their own dogs. Other types of animals are prohibited in the dog parks. To learn more about dog park rules, please visit the City Parks page of the City of Bloomington Parks and Recreation website. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB. Produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air system. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Dave Askins. Activate is produced by Chad Carruthers and Michelle Mott. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Brandon Blewett. And I'm Dee Hager. Thank you for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You'll hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for With Good Reason, coming up next on WFHB.
been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 